Hey, this is Tony Boss Bowling coming to you from the Lincoln Attic Podcast. Hey, hey, it's Jason ODB, the Lincoln Addict, hitting you with another episode of Lincoln Attic Podcast. And this is episode lucky number 23. It might be the shortest span in between two episodes. I continue to hear people say, hey, we want more content. So that's what I'm giving you guys via YouTube and, of course, through here via podcasting. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, as I mentioned, YouTube as well. So this episode is a fun one. I'm going to keep the intro a little bit shorter than normal. And that's because I have a guy named Skip who also has the nickname Skag. He's a really cool dude, and his he has a YouTube channel. We'll talk about that. He has a killer 70s custom Lincoln with suicide rear doors. You won't believe who actually kind of um, the umbrella of who owned this car in the past. We'll, of course, talk about that and so much more about his channel and his Lincoln Continental on this episode. Now, I do want to thank our uh, key partners and sponsors, including Devious Customs. Uh, don't forget, you can follow Devious Customs, just how it sounds, on Instagram and Facebook. They make the best airbag kit on the market for these 60 Lincoln Continentals. But, oh, by the way, they also make other products that, even if you're not looking to highly customize your car, maybe you want to upgrade the window switches and things like that, he makes a modern alternative, alternative version uh, that is period correct in terms of the look, and that would save you potentially a lot of money. He makes all kinds of cool stuff too, door panels, speaker boxes, things like that, but deviouscustoms.com, let them know that Lincoln Attic Podcast sent you. Also, I have to thank Colorado Custom Wheels. You uh, you all often hear me talk about Colorado Custom. You can go to coloradocustom.com and you can look at the different wheels that they offer. They were the first to make any sort of Lincoln replica wheel, and the wheel looks very much like the hubcap. However, it's one or it's one billet wheel. And the cool thing about that is you won't be losing your hubcaps flying off. Plus, they look period correct. So, with that being said, let's jump into this episode. Now, the previous episode recap on episode twenty-two, I pretty much handled that episode. I talked about Roy Rogers Lincoln and the details that I had uncovered on this uh, story you know, vehicle that he owned for so long. If you haven't had an opportunity, go back and follow us via however you're listening to this podcast. Now on YouTube, I think there was a break at some point and the episodes, for whatever reason, even though I had it logged in, they weren't batching to YouTube. So if you're there listening, uh, just know if you've got an iPhone, you can go into the Apple pre-installed podcast app. And what that allows you to do is search Lincoln Addict and then you can follow uh, and or subscribe, whatever the word is they use now, uh, to the podcast. It's free, and then you can go back and listen to those other episodes, which is very cool. If you're on an Android device, you know, download Podbean. Uh, you should be able to find it if you're a Spotify you know, user, things like that. Uh, I've tried to go back and upload or link it out to all of the different platforms, and I'll, I'll kind of double-check on that uh, soon because, you know, again, most of us listen to podcasts in a certain spot, like Pandora, Spotify, you name it. And uh, I try to do my best to have it, you know, branch out to all of those, uh, you know, different places. But there's 22 episodes prior to this, and I do try to give a lot of help uh, as much as I can, you know, through the podcast and things I've learned and things like that. 
the promo that I would say is uh, the LincolnForum.net. They recently, it looks like they did like some sort of backend update. So they they've updated kind of the forum and as I've said before, forums have kind of really slowed down in in the natural sense of the word forum because of social media. You have places like Facebook that have put a lot of enhancements into the groups. So now you can search a group and things like that. So like for instance, our Lincoln Addict group on Facebook, if you join that, you know, there's discussions in there, there's people posting tips, asking questions. Although I would encourage you to go on the LincolnForum.net because there's a search box there. And if you're having some sort of weird challenge with your car, like I've had in the past, you can kind of search uh, certain keywords. And I'm telling you, if you just spend a few minutes, you'll find people that have had similar things. And um, an example of that is several years, a couple years back, I guess, I was driving my 64 Lincoln and um, the... Uh, the dash was getting so hot, like over towards where the AC controls were at, and you could almost feel heat coming out. And um, actually, you could. I mean, it was crazy hot. And I went in there, and I spent like five minutes, and I searched, and I found. You know, people said, "Hey, the this one part it gets basically rusted out inside, and it gets stuck, and then it's like basically keeping your heater on." So, you know, it was something weird. I only found one or two posts about it, but I just used a couple keywords, and I went right to the issue. And uh, I, I knew right away I had to go to Lincoln Land, buy the part. It wasn't too expensive, and then swap that out whenever I was doing uh, the engine bay and the engine and all that stuff on my car. I was able to, to remedy that issue. But uh, the previous episode recap uh, is brought to you by the fine folks at Griot's Garage. We recently had Nick Griot on, and it's G-R-I-O-T-S Garage. The cool thing about Griot's Garage is they um, their motto is have fun in your garage. And if you look at the wax and detail, polish and wax, buffer and pads, garage and more, all of these different sections, they have a ton of accessories. I recently went out and bought, uh, for anyone that's my age or older, you'll know, back in the day you had the California Duster. My dad had that thing, and that thing worked great. And I recently looked into buying another one, and everybody was saying their product had pretty much went into the ground and it wasn't worth uh, what they were selling it for. So I had went to a local place, and I picked up one of the similar products that Griot's Garage offers, and that's cool because where my car sits right now, I haven't had an opportunity to buy or have a cover made for it. So sometimes it will get that dust and things like that on the car, and then I'm able to take that little duster and get all of that sediment off the top. Now, I've recently kind of bought into a bunch of other products, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to be doing videos and things like that showing me being a novice, right? I mean, I don't know anything about really detailing other than washing and drying a car. Uh, I'll be doing videos on YouTube and things like that as well just to kind of show maybe some beginners that, hey, it's not as hard as you know maybe we think that it is. So uh, very cool. But again, wash buckets, uh, polish and wax, all sorts of kits, G-R-I-O-T-S, Griot's Garage. Com. All right, so on this episode, I kind of mentioned it. What is cool is with Skag, I met him through social media. So we'll talk about his YouTube channel, and I think the cool thing about what he does is he's got the passion for cars. He wasn't able to really uh, end up finding a 60s Lincoln, which is kind of really what you'll hear him talk about a little bit, but uh, he landed with something cool uh, still, and I think the 70s Lincolns are very underrated. I had a buddy in high school that I recently reconnected with, I think last year in October, 
and he had an 80s Lincoln. And those, I, I've never really been too big of a fan of some of those style Lincolns, right? But it's funny how when time goes by, things start to become nostalgic, right? So like the in the truck world, the OBS trucks, which are like the 88 to 98 trucks, are like the, all the rage. Now, I've always liked those trucks, but... You know, time goes by and like something that you maybe didn't like as much, like is like, oh yeah, that was cool, you know, because you haven't seen one in a while. Well, that's the thing to me about the 70s Lincolns, although they're huge boats and I see them in movies and TV shows all the time and things of that. It's awesome to me to see someone like him that's got a customized one and we'll talk more about it. But uh, I'm going to kind of finish this these segments up and then we'll jump into that audio. And I want to thank Steel Rubber as we talk about this episode and what's going to be going down, I would remind folks to go to steel, S-T-E-E-L-E, rubber.com, and uh, check out the automotive search. You can pick the year, make, model, and style vehicle. So, for instance, you pick a 64, 65 Lincoln, whatever your year is, and it's going to show you all of the products available. Now, when you add everything up, it's not super cheap, right? It's a big chunk of money, but remember, these cars are an investment. So you want to make sure that water and wind noise are not getting inside this V, you know, inside these cars, especially if you've got a convertible. Uh, you want to make sure that there's a good seal. Um, and even with the sedans, you want to make sure that there's no water getting in around that deck lid. Steelrubber.com, they'll take care of you. Let them know that our lifestyle podcast sent you. So Lincoln Life Updates, really what I wanted to kind of share here is I have continued to uh, book more wedding rentals via word of mouth and um, through the Haggerty DriveShare website, which is a cool thing that they've kind of started. Of course, you know, that's a place that you'll see in different parts of the country. I mean, all kinds of different cars from Mustangs to Broncos, you name it. The cool thing about what I'm doing is I'm not necessarily saying, hey, here's the keys to my car. You can go drive it. That's not what I do. I only do like chauffeured rides and things like that or photo shoots. And that allows for me to, of course, always be in command of the car and not just allowing anybody to uh, go out there and drive it. So uh, more on that, I'll continue to post photos. Of course, I've got several Instagram pages. I've got Lincoln Addict. I've got Lincoln Continental Sales, which I have been trying to post more on. And then I have Classic Lincoln Rentals, which is the name of the business. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area or you know someone with a wedding or something to that effect, maybe even just photos for the holidays, uh, you can book the car on driveshare.com. And uh, yeah, more to come on that. Now, something else from a Lincoln Life standpoint, I'm going to be going out to California in September. So I'm looking forward to the Raddies Rat Fest is what they call it. And um, Tony Boss Bowen and his girl, they went out there last year, and they had a blast, apparently, you know, from the photos and the videos, you know, it just was like a, a couple of days of just good times. The um, fa- the closed Facebook group is called The Raddies, R-A-T-T-Y-S, and uh, that's where, you know, that closed group where, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, what's going to be going on and things like that, but I'll be sharing more details soon. I'm just trying to kind of scroll through here to see. It looks like it's going to be September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. So that that weekend in September out in California. And we'll be talking to the Raddies more as that date approaches. The cool thing is now 
I've looked at flights, and there's several different options, you know, flying into LAX or John Wayne or even Long Beach. Of course, you know, some of the raddies have said, including Rusty, said, yo, if you fly into LAX, we ain't picking you up. But I've got to figure out if I'm going to end up getting a car or doing some of the pop culture stuff and some of the other content that I want to do when I get out there. So, you know, more to come on that. All right. Uh, just moving ahead, Lincoln Sales, you know, I kind of give these updates, whether it's a car I'm trying to sell, maybe some trends I'm seeing in the market. And here's my message this episode. Prices continue to go up, up, and up. Okay, my feedback to you is do not be afraid of an untouched car that needs everything. Okay, my 64 Continental Convertible, I had bought knowing that it was going to need pretty much everything. Okay, I know, you know, depending on where you live in the country, you may not have the resources and things like that. We're very fortunate here in Clearwater. We've got Lincoln Land, we've got old Lincoln Parts, and then we have uh, Blair Farmer, Teresa, and just some great resources. Okay, but I will tell you, I often see people buy these customized cars or something that's been a little bit, you know, touched, so to speak. And they end up with something that's just been, you know, it's just it's just not good, right? My feedback is always get eyes on a car, whether it's yours or someone you trust or you hire someone to go look at it. I know in the past I have seen people be able to go look at a car and go, hey, you know, in the photos, you're not really seeing this, right? So that's super important. I constantly have people that are looking for these cars. That's why I set up Lincoln Continental Sales. I kind of hit on that the last episode. But, I mean, do your research. Don't be afraid to buy something that needs that needs work or that's been sitting. In my opinion, if something's been sitting in a barn for 20, 30 years, very much like what Mark experienced when we had him on, he found a beautiful blue convertible and it needed some work. But he knew that, hey, this car is solid. Everything is there. And, you know, now he's really enjoying that car versus, you know, let's say you buy something on the internet and it's the price has increased because it's been customized or it's been lowered or whatever. And then of course, you know, you get it and you're like, okay, this air suspension is a homemade kit, you know, this, that, the other, all kinds of weird issues, stuff that photos isn't always going to tell the, 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 the picture on, so to speak. And what I mean by that is oftentimes You'll see people, and I'm not even talking about Lincolns, but just in general, when they're trying to sell a car, they're going to take the best photos to show an angle so that you don't see, oh, this was welded on, or oh, this is rusted out, right? They're going to try to take those photos, and oftentimes on eBay, I'll see someone that has one photo that's like 20 feet away from a car, and I'm like, okay, that's very suspect. It's like, where are these other photos at? Now, granted, if you scroll down to the description, sometimes it will link out where um, then you you know you have 50 photos okay of high quality photos that are kind of off the eBay server or however that works but you know look down at the photos if there's not a lot of photos ask for them okay if they don't want to give you them there's something suspect there's some sort of hidden crap going on uh, I've seen people that are in the business that will also put cars up on lifts and they'll spray a light coat of uh, undercoating to kind of hide stuff. And when you look at it in photos, you're like, man, that looks good. That's all untouched, man. Wow, look at that. It's suspect if you see underneath a car that's, you know, 50, 60 years old and you see kind of like a nice shine to it and you're like, eh, something may not be right. Now, again, you could have someone that's pressure washed it and maybe they just took a photo, you know, totally understand. I know Boris at Street Machinery, 
he's came up with some very clever things, and he's like one of the best in the business in terms of selling good quality stuff, uh, really high-end stuff. I mean, he's made an amazing business out of it. But they've come up with some things on how to get rid of gunk and stuff like that under these cars with using uh, crazy methods like something to do with like dry ice or something like that. And it works. So don't get me wrong. There are some times if someone puts the time and effort in, they can really clean up an engine bay or um, an undercarriage of a car. But again, I see on eBay all the time, you'll have someone that will kind of go in there and spray some stuff and make it look super nice. And it's really just lipstick on a pig. So be careful. Um, Oftentimes, again, if you get a car, um, you know maybe the top's got to be gone through. The window tracks need to be degreased. You know, bumpers need to be rechromed, possibly. Timing chain, timing gear. You know, manifolds often cracked on these cars, so it has that little annoying sound, um, you know, when you're giving it, you know, fuel and you take off. Radiators are often clogged. They've been sitting a long time. So all of that stuff is, is, is fairly normal for, you know, a shop to maybe do. But, of course, on top of all that, you've got the Lincoln issues in general and the things that the average shops aren't, you know, uh, used to fixing. So, you know, again, I think the bottom line is you can get a nice car out there. A buddy of mine about a year and a half ago got a beautiful white 65, like I think in Oklahoma area. Got it for a good deal. And, you know, it needed the timing chain, the gear. Um, It needed, you know, the oil pan gasket done and things like that. But he's done all that now, and he has a really nice car and uh, he's enjoying it. He actually took his his daughter, my buddy Charles, took his um, his daughter and her and her bride on a ride. I think it was back in March, maybe April or February or March this year. And again, he hustled hard. He had some local shops kind of do some of the work, and then boom, he's enjoying it. So that's my message. Now, don't just take my word for it. There's an article out there on Haggerty's website, and you can also go back if you want to take my word for it. You can go back to the earlier episode I did in this whole um, Lincoln Attic podcast world, and I talk a lot about the things that you need to look at or you need to consider if you're looking at getting a 60s Lincoln Continental, whether it's a sedan or it's a convertible. All right, moving right along. Lincoln's in the movies, TV shows. Uh, Here's one for you. Uh, Although I sometimes will lump in even music videos, I'm going to go a step further and lump in album covers, Okay. So I collect cassettes, I love tapes, or tape cassettes, I love vinyl albums, I love CDs, right? So I stumbled across this album not too long ago, and it was a gospel album, believe it or not. I don't know how I even stumbled across it, and it still had the plastic sleeve. So, you know, obviously from a collector standpoint, you know, I've got other, you know, vinyl albums that still have the plastic sleeve. You know, back in the day, people would just kind of cut that right side and, pull the album out and listen to it and put it back in and it was on their shelf and they had no reason to take off that sleeve, right? So I love all that kind of cool stuff. The ironic thing with this one, it's a it's a band I had never heard of, J.D. Sumner in the Stamps, okay? Vintage Gospel was the name of the album. And on the cover, the only reason I bought it from a Lincoln perspective is on the cover is a red 64 Lincoln Continental, totally stock car. Now, on uh, Discogs, D-I-S-C-O-G-S, Discogs, I believe is how you pronounce it. Of course, I'm on there oftentimes, you know, updating my collection or looking for stuff. According to them, it was a Skylight label 
The album came out in 1974. The genre is folk, world, and country. Style is gospel. So this is uh, this is one that it's not my cup of tea in terms of music, but I thought I just something for the few dollars I paid. I had to have it because it has a red Lincoln Continental 64, and man, it looks awesome. So uh, I'll continue to probably share some more of these in, in the upcoming episodes because I have other albums that have Lincolns on them, and I have some that I'm still looking for. So Lincolns in the movies, TV shows, music videos, and now album covers. All right, uh, next, Smuggler's Blues updates. Not a lot to share here. If you've been a longtime listener, you know that I usually talk about kind of what I've got going on. But uh, I am doing some wiring in my home shop. And because of that, I was able to box up a bunch of stuff. And uh, I'm hoping that once I start putting it all back, once the wiring's finished for the electrical, then I'm hoping that I'll be able to reorganize everything, maybe get some new shelves and things like that. I often find myself watching videos on YouTube about people that rehab their garage, and I love seeing the before and after stuff, so more to come there. The bottom line is I'm looking forward to having really good lighting in there, so I'll be more apt to want to work later into the evenings on, you know, after my day job. I did, uh, one key update for Smuggler's Blues is I was coming up on May 1st this year, so a couple days ago. And I was looking back at past videos and photos, just trying to look for content to post. And I realized on May 1st of 2021, I had went through and ran some wiring and was kind of getting ready to finally install the kick panels in my car. Well, going back about a year, I would I would take video and I wouldn't sit down to edit it, to stitch it together and to post it, Okay. I've made it a hobby this past year to really kind of ingrain myself and learn how to edit better and just get something out, some sort of content. So what I did was I took the time and I made that a two-part YouTube post on Lincoln Addict. Um, I've got some good comments on there, so I appreciate everyone that listens or watches rather on YouTube. Very, very much appreciate that. I think I am going to make a, a, a version or a video three and, um, what I didn't do in the second one is I didn't really wrap up and kind of show you guys what I ended with, but I came across some photos when I took it over to my buddy Paul Lane, who's one of my best friends. Great guy. He built the kick panels. Once I kind of got it all installed and we put the set screw in on each, he took his oscilloscope, being the audiophile that he is and the stuff that he just knows inside and out. And what he was able to do is set the amp um, at, he set the gain on the amp to the perfect point so that you know nothing would distort you know even if the, the 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 music is turned up really really loud. So I found some of those photos and I think what I'll do um, hopefully this weekend maybe on Sunday is pull the car out and kind of show you know the the end result. Now it's been a year and I haven't done anything with an amp rack and I haven't you know the car's still not bagged and you know there's things like that that got to get done. But at least this will set the foundation and then going forward. I'll do more videos as things start to come together, but check it out, Lincoln Addict on YouTube. Lastly, I want to say shout out to Shelly from NTX Firearms. Uh, she found a fantastic Lincoln. Uh, I know uh, Tony Boss Bolin helped make that happen, and I'll make sure I post up and tag her if you're following us on Instagram or Facebook, but shout out to Shelly. Um, she's hardcore, NTX Firearms. She loves her Lincoln. She's always chiming in on comments with uh, on posts with comments, go out there and give her a follow. 
And again, I don't have my phone in front of me, but I'll make sure we post it and then you can tap on hers and you can follow her via Instagram. So with that being said, a little bit shorter intro, I uh, want to give, again, a huge shout out to Devious Customs. You can visit deviouscustoms.com to order parts. CC Cycle Wheels, which is known as Colorado Custom Wheels. Go to coloradocustom.com and order those Lincoln Replica Wheels or whatever you could think of. Michael and team will take care of you. Steel Rubber, that's S-T-E-E-L-E rubber.com. They're your place for anything weather stripping on these 60s Lincolns. Last but not least, no matter if it's your daily driver or your precious Lincoln Continental, Griot's Garage, that's G-R-I-O-T-S garage.com. They could take care of you with detailed supplies, videos on their social media as well uh, for tips and tricks, and just anything you can think of from wash buckets to pads to soap. Everything but the water, I think. So have a great weekend. Thank you guys uh, all for the continued support. Let's roll in now to audio from Skag, a.k.a. Skip. Great dude. I hope you guys enjoy it. Peace out. Hey, hey. So as I mentioned, we're going to roll in here now to some audio with my friend Skip. And uh, Skip, I just want to welcome you to Lincoln Attic Podcast. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. I love watching your content. We'll talk all about it. Now, my understanding is your nickname, though, um, and for folks, we'll draw the line in the sand now and say, hey, go out to YouTube and search Skag, S-K-A-G-G, Skags with an apostrophe S, Garage. That's your nickname, right? That is my nickname. So is Skip. <laughs> right, Skip and Skag. And you that probably goes back to the old days, man. Was there a little story behind the Skag nickname? Um, well, <laughs> I, I've been Skip all my life. My dad gave me the nickname of Skipper, then I got shortened to Skip, but... When uh, Mick Jagger, well, I'm not going to say when he came out because he was like, out way before I was born. But mm-hmm. my sister, she started calling me um, Skag, like Mick Jagger. And ah. it's, yeah, so that's where that came from, to be honest. And That's cool, man. Um, yeah. So between Mick Jagger and Boss Skaggs, because we were big rock fans growing up. So Oh, yeah, it was a great era, man. And. Uh, my dad and I, rest in peace to my pops, you know, we uh, we love Tom Petty. And, you know, Tom oh. Petty's from Gainesville. And, man, the amount of stuff I've consumed on, you know, YouTube, learning about certain things and stuff he played. And, I mean, I tell you what, I mean, that era is just amazing, you know, and there's so much. Dude, love rock and roll. And, I mean, how can you not, right? I mean, it's that Americana music. Yeah, Tom Petty gone too soon for sure. I know, man. Well, I wanted to kind of start off a little bit, you know, um, I know you through the YouTube channel and the content you put out, we'll talk about it, but why don't you give a little bit of backstory on yourself, maybe where you grew up and and anything else you want to share? Well, I grew up in Macon, Georgia, which is middle Georgia. Okay. Um, And four of us kids and I hit 18, I left Macon because Macon sucked (laughs) and uh, joined the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps for six years, traveled all over. Far East, uh, spent most of my time on the West Coast, and that's kind of how I got in during the mid to late 80s, um, mini trucks, Lord, that's how I got into that whole scene. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think, like, what was, do you remember on the, on the OLP podcast I produced, the truck podcast, we, you know, we talk about what was kind of the gateway drug, like, did you see something in terms of a car or truck, or was your dad into the stuff, like, what was really that connection you maybe had? Well, 
my dad was not into cars and, and it's kind of funny because my brother and i we're both into cars he's more volkswagens he likes his old school cars and old trucks but mm-hmm. he's into volkswagens um but i was just into cars in general and that kind of sparked when i was in california and i spent a lot of time in riverside ah. and um on sundays these guys would roll through the low riders the mini trucks were coming out you remember when they were slamming this yes. uh Suzuki Samurais. Yep. Oh yeah. Dancing beds, stereos. Oh man, I, I was I was in heaven. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and I, speaking of that, I, I want to give a shameless plug to my buddy um, Kurt. He has a YouTube channel called Eighties Eight Zero S Eighties Life. I had him on OLP, and he has uh, a Slam Samurai from the. I mean, he lives the Eighties life, and actually, one that he had. You'll appreciate this gag. One that he had before, which I do believe he sold. Now he's got another one that's killer. It actually briefly for like a split second can be seen in the NWA Straight Outta Compton movie. Apparently, Really? Yeah, they were looking. Because if you look back at some... I'm a huge hip-hop fan. If you look back at some of the 80s stuff, like it was Cube or, or Easy had one. I think it was Cubes. He had It was like white and like with the pinkish colors to it, um, uh-huh. which is kind of funny to say. But it was like a white color... But um, so when they were filming, they were looking and he kind of told the story a little bit over on our lifestyle podcast. But I always thought that was cool. And I tell you what, man, those things are timeless, aren't they? Man, that was a great era. They are. You know what? Let me let me throw a little something in there about NWA. Okay. Um, we used to go to the swap meets and I have an original mixtape from Dr. Dre that we bought from them <laughs> at a swap meet in California. No lie. It's it's been trans. You know, the tape is broken. Well, sure. the, the the shell that broken, but that tape is in another cassette, <laughs> you know, another shell. Right. Oh, I, wow. I still have that tape. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, being, uh, it's funny. I'm a huge Dr. Dre fan. I've, I've researched a lot. I've got his book. His mom wrote a book. The, um, the rhodium is one I think they used to go to, but there were like, you know, the Compton swap meets and stuff and people do mm-hmm. collect a lot of that. And of course that was the early days, um, you know, Eve after dark and all that. And they kind of hit on some of that in the movie, but it's crazy. Like hear me out on this. I tell people all the time. It's like, okay, imagine being a platinum artist or producer in the eighties, nineties, 2000, 2010s. And Oh, by the way, 2020s, he just led the super bowl. That's five decades, dude. I mean, that yeah. is insanity to me, you know, the longevity. So yeah. um, we could do a whole episode on that, Skag. Which I, which <laughs> oh, I, we could. Which I think is cool. <laughs> we could. But it makes sense, right, to tie in a little bit to the West. You know, the the their culture of car stuff is so big there. And I tell you, mm-hmm. although as a kid, you know, I don't consider myself a lowrider guy. My buddy Vic is huge in the lowriders. Dude, I grew up in the era of seeing, you know, Eze coined the phrase rolling down the street of my 6 foe. A lot mm-hmm. of that stuff, like I saw it over and over again on MTV, and then Ice Cube, you know, had the um, I think it's called the Family Jewel Impala in the Today Was a Good Day video. But all that custom culture out there, it sounds like it also um, rubbed off on you some, man. It did, it did. And then, you know, when I got back, well, actually, my last tour when I was in uh, the Marine Corps, I was in Japan, and so, and I tell people this, and they're like, "What, really?" But the um in japan they have um the japanese inspections which are really expensive like when you get your car inspected and so if you ran into a guy who was transferring out he's going coming back to the states and he was putting his car up for sale and it had a an inspection that was up to date you could snag that car 
and not have to worry about paying for and another inspection. Right, right, okay. But I had a skyline. Oh wow. Well, no, it's not. I mean, they were all over the place. <laughs> right, so, like a Honda Civic here almost, but but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so actually, I got a little bit into Japanese cars. When I got back to the States, I had a Subaru. And um, I was the first person, when I moved back to Georgia, I was the first person to lure a, um, a Japanese car in, in Macon. Anyway, <laughs> I, I didn't stand Macon that long before I moved to Atlanta. But, yeah. it, you know, it's kind of funny. And then, you know, from there, it's, you know, coming back into American cars. But I still like the Japanese cars, too. But Yeah, well, yeah, and I meant to say, you know, thank you for your service, you know. Uh, it, it's a thing that sometimes, you know, I, I always try to say that, um, you know, my friends, some of my friends, some of our family, especially my wife's family did serve. So thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Every it's, it's a history in our family, man. It's my dad was a Korean war vet in the Marine Corps and my brother served. We kind of go back and forth cause he has a Cadillac. I have a Lincoln. He was in the army. I was in the Marine Corps. So, you know, it's kind of, it was, uh, yeah. And you guys aren't <laughs> twins or anything, huh? You're just yeah. brothers. Oh no, no, no. He's, he's a younger brother, but yeah. 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 Two of my, my best buddy. friends, uh, they're twins and they, um, you know, they argue about everything and not argue, but they razz each other about, well, I was born first and this, and they're very competitive. So it's kind of that brotherly love type thing. But, um, yeah, it very cool. Um, in the truck world, in the mini truck world, you know, I've had guys on from Australia on OLP. And one thing that's been unique that I've learned over the years is like here, I know we sometimes laugh the stuff that we see driving down the road in America. Right. Uh, and I'm like, whatever, you know, it's none of my business, but in Australia, they have kind of similar to what you were saying, very strict rules. So like, if you want to bag something, the way it's been explained to me is like here, you know, in most places that you live in the U.S., if you want to do construction on your house, you know, you have to have building plans, you have to have inspections, you know, it's got to be done for life safety stuff, right? Right, and, right. Um, Very similar as far as it's way, the way it's explained to me with, like, if you want to bag something there, it's got to be like an engineer plan to say, yep, and then they got to inspect it and go, yeah, that's going to be safe. So a lot of the stuff you see in Australia that's bagged is super clean stuff because it's, you know, there's a lot of thought. It, it isn't... And it's no, it's no slide against kind of the weekend warriors, but you know, from a professional standpoint, they have to really make sure their stuff is solid. Yeah, one of the guys, and actually, we had. I'm a member of um of an online Lincoln Club mm-hmm. um, called the Dead Gentleman uh, Motor Club, and we have some members that are in in uh, in Europe. And there's this one guy in particular, and he's in Germany, and he was talking about when he bagged his car how. I mean, you should see his lower control arms compared to like mine. <laughs> They're like a tank, I bet. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And he was saying how, you know, you can't just do anything you want. Even even though the car is 40, 44, 45 years old, you wow. can't just do what you want to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. I know. And what's, what's cool is, you know, to jump into the automotive stuff, some here. I got into the the mini trucks and and guys were bagging them in the early '90s and and then the channeling body dropping kind of comes in shortly after that. But what I always thought was cool is if you look at the older cars, like my buddy's got an '84 Cutlass, he loves them, Vic. And mm-hmm. you know, just like with with what we we're going to talk about with your '70s Lincoln, a lot of those cars, I mean, dude, they, you just put a bag in there instead of the the spring. And, you know, the, the control arms were beefy anyway, so that's the cool thing I like about so many cars And versus the trucks. You had to body drop and channel them to get them super low, like something like what you got 
or an 84 cutlass and stuff, it's like, man, you, you bag it on all four corners and that thing is, you know, pretty low. And that's one thing I like about older cars. Yeah. And you know, the seventies versus the sixties, cause the, the sixties were unibodies. Yeah. And, yep. but the seventies, like my car, um, body on frame, but the frames channeled. So, I mean, so, so it's basically a body dropped. It's body yeah. dropped already. Yeah, exactly. Know, so. Yeah. Cause you can lay them down pretty low, which I think is great. I mentioned earlier, again, if you're on YouTube, please, please, please do yourself a favor. I mean, obviously, you're here listening to Lincoln Attic Podcast. You can go out and follow Skaggs, S-K-A-G-G, apostrophe S, Garage. Uh, we got a ton of videos, okay? A ton of videos out there, which I think is good. Um, I love watching them. Talk to us a little bit about your setup, man, because, like, I, dude, I always love seeing people's garages. You know, you got this lift. You got this pretty, I, you know, pretty cool setup. The floor looks awesome. Um, is that like at your house, man? Yeah. Um, long story short, um, the house that we're in, we, we were actually planning on moving. And then my wife and I had kids late in life. Um, and I'd been trying to get her to move farther out, um, you know, from the city because it's Atlanta's just expanding out. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, well, you know what? We aren't you know, the house almost paid off. We're not leaving this house till the kids are off to college. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I had been wanting to move my office home. And she's like, why don't you go ahead and build your garage and put your office above it? And one of the things that drew me to my house was that behind us, well, the, the subdivision that we're in, we're kind of on a bastard street of the subdivision where <laughs> we don't connect to the rest of the subdivision, ah. but there's a road behind my house. So we're on about a quarter of an acre. I'm, I'm sorry, three quarters of an acre. And so I have a back entrance. So she's like, yeah, you know, go and put your garage back there. And, you know, it just grew from there. And cool. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. story. Yeah. And, um, I actually, cause I'm also into motorcycles and I, I buy them and then I flip them, you know? And I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to need a lift to do what I need to do. So I actually sold my CBR and it paid for the lift. <laughs> so wow. that worked out. And, uh, my wife and daughter did all the artwork on it. And I'm, I'm a real big sci-fi fan. And, uh, basically I'm a gearhead geek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, cool, man. yeah, yeah. And it, it just kind of went from there. And one thing that sticks out in the videos I did, my dad and I did the epoxy kind of like just a, you know, home Depot, Amazon, you know, epoxy kit, the floor mm-hmm. that you have in yours, you know, with all the, it looks like it's got a lot of the speckle stuff, you know, that you kind of drop into it. The floor looks awesome. And I'm, I'm a big, even though I try to be more organized, I love seeing a shop with a super clean floor, man. It looks good in there. I appreciate it. And it, it's funny. Cause I really, uh, I guess about two weeks ago, I mopped it for the first time because <laughs> I hadn't, well, and you know, it's funny, you do these videos and what would normally take maybe a couple of weekends takes a lot longer because, yep, yep. you know, my wife's a slave driver. Um, and so the floor is just trashed. And so I swept it, then I blew it out and I finally mopped it. And I was like, Oh, this is what the floor used to look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. But, it's uh, like when you do it, you think, Hey, I'm always going to keep it clean. And then of course these older cars are leaking this, or you do a project and then you're like, boom, you know, pouring the, oh, yeah. you know, the stuff down the soak up stuff here and there. But yeah, it looks, it looks pretty awesome. Now, one thing that I thought that I want to talk about before we talk about your awesome Lincoln dude is 
I love how your videos, and this is why I'd encourage folks, you know, if you haven't followed Skag's Garage on YouTube, go do it. I I love how your videos are done. Um, do you kind of set up the tripod and you kind of have a mindset on, on maybe some of the things you're going to do? Um, or how does that come about? Um, honestly, I have what I want to work on and or the idea of what I want to work on. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And my wife steps in and ah. her back, her background is in um, graphic arts, but she's, uh, she's done a lot of photography over the years and she's getting into videography. And um, she actually does a lot of the designs for the t-shirts that I wear and stuff like that. Um, cool. And so she sets up a lot of shots. Now, some of the videos I, I do do myself and, but I just hand her that footage and she puts in B-roll and she, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough how without her, none of this, uh, it, well, the quality, no, nah, the videos would be there, but the quality <laughs> wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. You got good thumbnails, you know, like recent one talking about AccuAire E-Level, like you got a good thumbnail photo there of the phone and things. Why don't you give her a shout out? What's your wife's name? Uh, her name is Michelle, Michelle and awesome. they, uh, -huh. and the name of, uh, she has a website and she has, um, Instagram well, and Facebook, yep. but the name of her company is creative bubbles and that's Cree, um, C R E the number eight T I V E. Got so it. creative bubbles. And she's, um, when I met her, she was not really a gearhead, but now she's become one and, if you go to her her store and all that, she has stuff for everybody. She's really big into Jeeps, so she has um, a lot of stuff, a lot of patriotic, you know, uh, armed merch. forces kind of yep. merch. Yeah, and, yeah, very uh, cool. I I googled it, C R E number eight T I V E bubbles, and of course, it took me right to the site. I see it on there, and you got some cool red, white, and blue stuff as well. So, yeah, it's great when you have a significant other like my I often give my wife a shout out because you know she allows me to you know Lincoln's is one thing right because the cost and these different stuff but you know to do the podcasting so it's cool that your wife embraces all of uh, you know of Skag's garage and all of that uh, that stuff that comes along with it yeah well you know she's my better three-fourths man she's more than a half <laughs> <laughs> I that like and you know, I, I can pretty much get away with what I want to do if I got an angle on it financially, if you know what I mean. So. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Now, before we talk about your Lincoln, you know, we hit off a few minutes ago on some hip hop, and um, you know, being a big hip hop fan, I got a chance to go to Atlanta around the time of the Olympics back in the day. But mm -hmm. I grew up listening to. I know you're going to love some of these bands and, and some of these groups, but. Like Outcast, you know, Dungeon Family, um, even Criss Cross. I mean, that was big when I was coming up as a kid. Um, but if you think about how big uh, Atlanta has been for hip hop, even with like Ludacris and so many other artists, Big Mike, just just so many different dudes, man. It's just crazy to me. And I think Atlanta's been just an awesome hub, dude. What what do you like most about kind of the city? Even though you're trying to kind of move a little bit further out on the outskirts. Well, that's you know that's just it. You know, Atlanta. And you've been here, so you know Atlanta itself is not that big. You know, it's it, it's all the towns that and the cities that make up Atlanta around it. But what I like, and I've I've been here for thirty years, thirty one years, um, is that it, it has a little bit of everything for everybody. And music wise, for me, 
like you were saying with you know with the with the Atlanta what do they used to call it because they had a name for yeah the style of hip hop that came out of yeah Atlanta. I can't I can't remember <laughs> oh yeah but honestly like that like the outcast and everything up until maybe the mid to, to late 90s is yep. you know all the way back into the 80s you know is is my hip hop era oh, and yeah. but you know we had a growing up because my music taste is so diverse and growing up my mom was into um to rock opera and gospel and mm-hmm. my dad was into um jazz blues and gospel of course he was a deacon in the church so it wasn't too much going on right, as far right. as, yeah but uh you know so we had just a just this crazy mix but in atlanta you can find that man any kind of concert you want to go to i don't care if it's rock hip-hop you know jazz blues whatever and you'll notice my tag says blues man man i, I love blues and it's i mean you can go anywhere in atlanta and find whatever kind of music you want yeah, like a blues and, club or even record stores. I remember how big those were. Like when you know the few times I visited up in the '90s, man, it was just crazy. I remember even being a big Wu Tang fan. Going, I'm the only person I know that went to the Wu Tang, the Wu Wear store. Which Wu Tang like, had a store, man. I got a Wu Wear sweatshirt. <laughs> yes, we went there and we we bought stuff, and that was around that era. And I still have some stickers I haven't peeled off, you know, from like Ghostface Killer and stuff that I got there, you know. And, um, there you go. but yeah, a- Atlanta was like, you know, they say the gateway to the South, I think is the way they say it. But I mean, there's been a lot of influence and obviously NBA and some of the all-star games and even with the Falcons and stuff, it's, it's been there a long time and that's for sure. Yep. Yep. And I've been a big Braves fan too. Like, well, you know, being in the nineties, of course, when I went to world series at first, but I remember going to the Braves stadium and you could just journal admission and sit wherever you wanted right, to sit. Right. Right. Yeah. Before like <laughs> Lavin and all those guys got there, you know, and it really started oh, yeah. building. The other thing that's cool is it's a long story, but my you'd rest in peace to my pops. You know, he was a Packers fan since, for, since being a, a young kid, his dad liked him because of the whole Vince Lombardi, um, you know, just the attitude he had and, you know, the, the winning pedigree and things like that. But, um, what's ironic, some people forget that, um, Brett Favre was drafted by, uh, by the Atlanta Falcons, which is ironic. And of course, you know, he was there a year and then the Packers end up with, um, Ron Wolf signs them and kind of gets them over there. And then the rest was history, but it's weird how that Mm -hmm. stuff works out in sports sometimes. Yeah, it does. It does. (laughs) And I tell you what, he's, uh, you know, they have really good potential as far as, you know, well, well, we all know about the Braves from last year, but right, right. they'll do it again. But um, like the Atlanta Hawks, and it's like they, they got this one kid, Trey Young, and it's like they really need to build a team around this kid because, I mean, he's he's dynamite. Yeah, and, when um, I was younger, I always remember because we collected cards and kind of being a product of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I think it was, I want to say Lenny Wilkins was the coach for a long time. I'm trying to remember. I, I know the guy's face. But, uh, you know, that mm-hmm. was back in the day of, like, you know, Dominique, you know, and him going back and forth with Jordan in the dunk contest. So there's kind of that long, rich history of sports and stuff like that. But the other thing that's cool, and we talked about it briefly before we started, I've never made it to the coffee and octane I did get a chance to meet Brian Fuller, who's on Car Fix, but he's also been on some of those shows that you know center around that that big event. How big is that event for someone that maybe is just a listener, maybe lives you know somewhere else in the world? 
is coffee and octane bigger than a normal like cars and coffee do you think caffeine and octane is to quote a to quote a famous president it's huge (laughs) right right um yeah it is um and it's it's the biggest in the nation Wow. And it's it's at Perimeter Mall, which is uh, north of the city. It actually, it's not that far from Fort, uh, Georgia 400. And um, there are different sections, and that it, it's every Sunday, first Sunday of every month, not every Sunday, the first Sunday of every month, rain or shine. And um, it's from 7 a.m. to 11. And you can see anything from old school classics to Yugos, literally. Um, a lot of JDM cars, and then you have the car clubs that show up, you know, the the Porsche guys, the Lamborghini guys, the McLaren guys, the um, Mustang guys, the, uh, you know, then every month they have kind of like a theme. They'll have the Jeep invasion. They'll have the Volkswagen invasion. They'll have, you, you know, and it's, yes. it's always something new when you go, and you're guaranteed to see something that you want to see. Yes. Yeah, that's the cool thing, and I've seen photos in that that show. I know Brian Fuller's kind of in there, the older guy. Um, there, you know, there's a couple different kind of characters on, on our personalities, but it does seem like it's pretty big. And when you said the perimeter mall, it kind of makes sense on where they can have it because, man, that some of the drone footage from there is like, wow, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, they 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 recently, well, this past year, they moved it from one side of the mall because it had outgrew one side of the mall, which was kind of limited on parking. Parking. And moved it around to the back side of the mall, which had way more parking and people could expand or go from area to area or genre to genre of cars, if you will, um, kind of seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And um, so it just really helps out a lot with, you know, being able to navigate through and see what you want to see. And and the cool thing is that, you know, once you're in the lot, they it's not they don't make you they're not going to make you stay, but they they politely suggests that okay once you're in the lot you, you can't leave until 11 if you brought yeah. a car there yeah so is it like a mad dash like at 11 everyone fires your stuff up and is it kind of like leaving a football game you know or, or a sports game where it's like man it takes a minute to get out of there you know it's actually it's all really done well and and it's 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 so fun because people line up to take pictures and videos of cars leaving nice and um, like the roll yeah out. yeah and and where they have it now is so many different exits that you know it, it's not it, you know it's, it's not a bottleneck yeah they can kind of flush so. everyone out uh, exactly pretty good that's pretty cool stuff uh we're talking yeah. to skip from skag's garage again go on youtube it's s-k-a-g-g apostrophe s garage check them out um let's talk about your lincoln a little bit so you know you mentioned your brother has this cadillac like when did you kind of fall into this lincoln talk to us a little bit about what year it is and things like that Okay, um, it's a 79 Lincoln Continental town car. Um, and quick backstory on, on why the 70s, because I, I love the 60s Lincolns and yep. had been looking forever for a 60s Lincoln. And, and, and you know that you either find them and they're just totally ratted out, or if they're <laughs> halfway decent, they're expensive. Yep. And then if they're really, if they're restored, they're really expensive. <laughs> right. And then, you know, I started thinking about it because growing up, my dad had Lincolns, my uncles had Lincolns, mm. and the last Continental my dad had was a 79. Okay. And my, um, I have fond memories of, um, 
uh, my sister went to Valdosta State. Well, you know where Valdosta is. Yes. Yep. Valdosta, Georgia. And I have fond memories of my mom. We, we're packing up my sister's trunk to go off to college, and that her trunk would fit in the trunk of the car. And we'd head down 75, and... <laughs> And our Lincoln, well, the 79, whenever it was that they started just putting 85 miles an hour on the speedometer as opposed to 120. <laughs> right. But my mom would have that thing buried, <laughs> just flying down 75. But, um, so yeah, so when I started, I was like, you know what, I'm giving up on the 60s Lincoln unless I just win the lottery or something. Yep, yep. Um, unless I find one with a good deal, you know. But yep. when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, I'm going to look for a 70s lincoln and i really want one like my pops had and um so i've i found it and um did the smart thing that any husband would do i waited till my wife went out of town (laughs) and i brought it home (laughs) nice yeah how far did you have to go to get it to reel it in actually uh backstory on my car um i'd been looking on craigslist (laughs) <laughs> and uh well you know i've been on ebay and stuff like that but i found this one on craigslist and i actually watched it you know maybe for a good couple of months and it was in forest park which is just south of atlanta it's down near the atlanta airport and um the guy wanted i think 1900 bucks for the car wow and when i bought it this is a funny story is that when i bought it and i'm going through the glove box and i I already made the deal with him and i'm looking through it and i pull out a chick-fil-a corporate registration and i pull out a chick-fil-a corporate fleet um, insurance card so i was like dude what's the deal with this car and come to find out and if anybody in the car community knows that truett kathy who was the founder of chick-fil-a he's a big car guy oh yeah and uh so this guy, he's a friend of Truett's son, and when they wanted to move cars out of their inventory, he'd sell them on consignment. Wow, that's crazy! Yeah, and some people, I'm a, I'm a huge Chick Fil A fan, which is crazy. But and it, it goes back, and I've been only one time, you know, because you've been in the, around the greater Atlanta area, is the Dwarf House. That was kind mm-hmm. of, the, I think, the beef, even before Chick Fil A. And uh, I remember going there. I vis- visited my buddy Doug. And uh, the next morning, he goes, you want me to make breakfast? I go, no, we're going to get on the road. And we headed south, and we went to the Dwarf House. And, dude, we walk in, and there's like – I always heard about it. There's like a bu- – it's like a Chick-fil-A buffet. I'm like, dude, this is score, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. So to go back, so, so you know, talking about Truett, uh, S. Truett, Kathy, I think it was. Um, yeah, he. so that's what I had heard, that he was a car guy. Oh, yeah. He had a um... – and I kicked myself, man, because I I kept saying that I was gonna go down and or make an appointment and go down and have him to sign my my red car registration and and my um, insurance card. Um, and then he passed away. Yeah. But uh, but he had um he actually had a a warehouse basically, and you could actually book tours to go through, take a look at his cars and stuff like that. And I hate that I missed it because everybody I've talked to that have met him is like, he was just a great guy. And, and he'd pull out from his pocket and hand you a coupon for a free, a free sandwich. Yeah, so. that's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. Well, there's a Haggerty.com article. And although, you know, they're not a paid sponsor or anything, um, I have their insurance and, and, you know, I love that company. Uh, they had an article several years back that said, uh, today we celebrate the last of the Mastodon luxury cars talking about 
the 77 through 79 Lincoln Continental Town Car and the Town Coupe. But Mastodon is almost a good word to use for those cars because you think the 60s are big. I, I swear that the 70s are even larger, man. I got buddies with the with, with the sixties Lincoln, and you know, everybody's like, oh, "That's huge." I was like, "Yeah, okay, let me pull up beside." You. <laughs> you're like, "Hold, <laughs> hold my beer." I don't know if you drink, but you're like, "Hold my beer, man." <laughs> yeah, watch this. Right, right. Let me show you. But you know, my dad used to tell, like, when you said this, this, this hit a chord with me. When my dad was younger, he would sit. Um, he had this uncle that was like the flim flam man. They called him, you know. And it's funny he he actually had roots in Georgia. And he was the Uncle Flim Flam man, always looking for, like, you know, the easy, quick buck. But he had mm-hmm. a Cadillac, and he would sit – my dad would sit in the front seat, and he'd go, man, don't feel like we're doing 100, does it? And um, it's crazy in these big boat cars with these big uh, engines, right, big blocks. They – with the torque and stuff, like, you can cruise at 70, 80 miles an hour, and it's kind of like a new car because, you know, we've all ridden the new cars or driven them. We're like, you're like, man, I can't believe I'm doing 80 miles an hour. You know, it doesn't feel like it, right? Or people are blasting past you on the interstate. These older cars, they could even kind of do that, and you don't even realize it. Right, right. Which I think is cool. We, um, Caffeine and Octane had a um, – and that, they stopped during the COVID, and I hope they bring it back, but they had a Caffeine and Octane at Jekyll Island. And um, I went down for that, and so that – Took us out I sixteen towards Savannah and then you know on the Jekyll, but on I sixteen <laughs> it's just there's nothing on I sixteen but I sixteen you know so it's yeah had, had that needle buried and just rolling along man it's um but yeah it, not much off the line but it, once you get them going it's uh it, it's nothing to push them yeah a balk on it right so you kind of established seventy nine Lincoln Continental Town Car. One of the most unique things about this car, right? So we always, we sometimes see people, they comment on our stuff. They're like, oh, you guys ruin these cars, bags, this and that. And look, you know, I'm all for like, if a car is super, 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 super nice, I mean, like it's hard to cut into them or or bag them. I get it. And I get why people like certain things. I love custom cars. One of the things that sticks out to me is the rear doors. Talk to us a little bit about so the listeners get an idea of what, what's been done to the rear doors because it's not stock. No. I have one of only two that I know of in the – and actually, I can't even say in the U.S. because there's another guy in our car club. He has one that he did himself, but I actually converted the rear doors to uh, coach doors. That's what Lincoln called them, yep, but yep. suicide doors. Yep, yep. <laughs> and – um and it's it's kind of ironic because I when I got the car it was dove gray, and um, in my mind the only thing that I wanted to do to it was paint it and put some wheels on it. Was it? I was going to drive it. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that old story we tell ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I ran across this guy who I um, this friend of mine recommended him to me, and he's like, you know. Uh, go see this guy and when i told him what i wanted to do and and of course my car being different the 79 continentals um they they have the dog leg fender mm-hmm. you know that curves on the rear door so i can't i couldn't put two hinges on the rear doors to to make them open mm-hmm. um like coach doors and um so i ran his guy he said oh yeah i can do it and so that's how it all began it's like i hadn't even thought about putting suicide doors on this car and Okay, this this is gonna happen. This is this is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. And so so we made it cool. happen. That's pretty cool. 
and with the story behind the car and what it is, um, you know, with the history of the car, you know, I've had people, you know, you know, how could you do that? Because you're talking about yeah, the purist um, and things like that. Yeah, but I'm like, okay, this is a '79 Continental. There's nothing special about it. If there ever was a base model made of a '79 Lincoln Continental Town Car, I had it because <laughs> I, you know, it, it had nothing close to what my dad had in his car, which really? his was fully loaded. He, you know, he had the quadraphonic eight track. Um, he had the um, the mirror mounted thermometer, so you could just. Mm glance out the window see what the temperature was outside ah. um his had the sure track which was like an early version of um anti-lock brakes okay and um of course they all had the automatic headlights and my car it had an am fm radio that was not stereo just am <laughs> fm radio okay and i think the only extra that my car had is that it had a cd and I think that was probably because it was a corporate fleet car. Yeah, and you, you so, said CB, not CD, because they didn't have CD players then, right? Right. Yep. Citizens Band Radio, Breaker, Breaker. <laughs> Rest in peace, C.W. McCall. There, well, there you go, man. Yeah, you got the history. I think of, like, Smokey and the Bandit and, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. some of those movies, you know, as a kid, loving them, of course. But, um, yeah, so the Convoy song, right? <laughs> Eastbound and down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the we got a mighty convoy uh, <laughs> trucking into the night. Oh, I and look, look him up, up, man. You know everybody. Everybody thinks that it was Vanilla Ice, but C.W. McCall was the first white rapper. Ah, okay, right, right. Yeah, that dig it, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't uh, disagree, Skag. <laughs> so in the truck world. You know, you got guys back, you know, in the in the OBS days, now they're called Chevy OBS trucks, you know, the Tahoes that were the shorter version of the Suburban. So I had a Suburban. I love big vehicles. Love this. I had a blue one. The mm-hmm. the Tahoes, you know, it's very similar. So, like, the window only rolled down a little bit because of the dog leg. And then when right. you had guys that, you know, lay these out, you know, they put these huge wheel tubs and they kind of come into the door jam area. So to your point, there's some vehicles that are a little tougher to do the suicide rear doors because you don't have as much meat there, you know, to be able to right. mount like a dual hinge or whatever you're doing. When he mm-hmm. ended up doing it and, and you got this beautiful car and it's starting to kind of come together and, and whatnot, was it a process of like dropping it off and waiting months and months or like how did how did all of that go with the suicide rear doors? Oh. Well, you know, honestly, with with like a lot of projects like that that you put in the hands of somebody else and um and 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 the guy that did is great we're still friends to this day yeah um but but he was big into customization and stuff like he actually came out of miami okay and um so he did a lot of celebrity cars too and it just so happened that my car went in a little bit before he took on a project for chauncey black from black street you remember him yes i do okay black street um and he wound up doing his g-wagon and he chauncey black's first uh g-wagon to ever have suicide doors on it ah and so my project got pushed back and like so many do (laughs) yeah and so we actually it you know we had deadlines that were set and actually all the deadlines that were set he set them and those would just come and go and at this point, uh, the car had been painted, the doors had been done, but the interior wasn't put back together, and, and the trim was 
whatever. And so I was like, you know what, if, if, you know, you're not done by the end of the year, I'm coming to get my car in January. Yeah. You kind of set that line and, in the sand, you know, just cause, you, cause yeah. you're anxious. You want to do your own thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I still had stuff to do that I was going to do because basically his job was paint and he was, he did the fab on the doors, which, which honestly I could have did the, the door handle swap because I'm, you know, I'm proficient in that, but you know, he, he did the, the hard work of, yeah, the heavy lifting of like the major modification. Yeah. Yeah. The big hinge that, that lives in there to holds the door and, and, you know, they're still working fine to this day. Yeah. Well, um, my buddy, Matt Torgerson back in the day when I first got in the mini trucks and he's bag and body dropping and stuff, that was one of his specialties. He had a certain way to do the suicide doors, and there's trucks that have been around 20 years at suicide doors, and they have not sagged at all, which I think is cool. He even had um, – there was a guy in Orlando that he kind of knew, and I forget – I want to say for some reason it jumped on my head. It was called like the toy store or the toy shop or something, and it was like Shaq had this guy build a couple vehicles and whatnot – but I think Shaq at the time had like a Tahoe or Suburban and it had the barn door hinges. And mine had, of oh. course, the the gate. Well, if you've ever looked at the OBS Chevy, you know, you see those ugly. I always loved the barn doors, but it, it, the, the hinges look so weird because they're on the outside of the vehicle. That was a factory right. thing. So like Shaq right. had one and, you know, he wanted to put, you know, take those out and have it just where they're still barn doors. But uh, they're on the inside. And, you know, my buddy Matt had went over there and he had a certain way to do them and like i said they they stood the test of time now our friend robbie robbie bryant or robbie reynolds he you probably seen i posted before he's the guy that's got the 68 coupe him and his, his wife megan they have the coupe and it's the only one that we know in the world that has suicide doors and his are freaking right, awesome yeah. too and he's from like the I've maryland area yeah so you know, okay. I kind of wanted to throw a couple of those things out there because I think, like, with yours, it's so unique, man. And, I mean, you got it. Do you ever – I mean, you have to have people that scratch their head going, now, wait a minute. Is this factory? Like, do you get asked that all the time? All the time. One of my videos on my channel where I just really go into yep, yep. talking about the history of the car. And that's, you know, we're at a show or what have you, and, and you know – People walk up and it's ooh and ah, ooh and ah. But you you have that handful or that two handful of people or usually they're old heads, you know. And it's like, what year is this car again? And I'll tell them, that's a 79. Okay, those aren't factory. <laughs> no. And yeah. and to, to, to my, you know, the fabricator's credit, I mean, they look factory. Yeah, I mean, the do. way you did it. Yeah, and moving the hinge. Uh, my buddy Jimmy, he does a lot of custom work and um... – Edgewater, Florida, and he did recently for a guy that's he's in a wheelchair. They airbagged and laid out a brand new Ram truck, a dually. I think it's sick, mm -hmm. dude. The guy rolls up to it, um, literally in his wheelchair, but he suicided the rear doors and he moved the handle like what yours is, and that gives it that factory look, man. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. In in my search on eBay for my Lincoln, I found this one Lincoln and it had a handicap, uh, what was it? Mod it had a handicap, um, um, I'd call it a modification or whatever. Throttle for the throttle or for the doors? No. It, it had it, the the driver's side rear door was a suicide door. Ooh, wow. Just on the one door, not on the passenger side, just on the one door. Wow. And, 
Yeah, and I don't know whatever happened to that car, and I looked at it for the longest on eBay, and it got sold. And of course, you know, you don't know what happened to it after that. Sure, but sure. I, I did see that, and yeah. I can't remember where that car was, but but Pretty yeah, cool. and and it the the whole thing just kind of snowballed after that, and then once I started going to caffeine and octane, and people looking at the cars, I, a couple of um, uh, casting agents. And my car has been in so many rap videos, man. It's not even funny. That's sick, dude. Yeah, and you make um, a, you make a little bit of side change for that if you want, right? Or you could just be like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's cool. Nah, you know, my paint and <laughs> and my hinges have been paid for. Yeah, yeah, because you can make I, that um, side hustle. Yeah, I I did a van spot for this uh, one. Well, actually, it was four vans. It was th- this was like one of the most corporate shoots that i did and and i had to do non you know non-disclosures and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. corporate insurance and all that but uh vans came into town and they used johnny this guy that cast me a lot and um and we did a commercial with this kid um his name's jid but people call him jid but his rap name is j period i period d, d. Okay. and van sponsors him and so they did a you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the vans off the wall oh, yeah. spots on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if you look JID, you'll see my car. Yeah, very cool. Now, yeah. so you kind of hinted, right? You basically got the 79. You have uh, the suicide rear doors. You you mm-hmm. end up painting it from the Dove Gray. You paint it black. And then the wheels, to me, set it off because the wheels kind of bring in the color from the interior, right? So talk to us about that. Yeah. The... um. I had my heart set on two colors when I first thought I wasn't going to paint it. And uh, one was the Ford tuxedo black. And if you ever seen that in the sunlight, it's just, it, it just dances. It's got so much flake in it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Ford Kodiak Brown, which is basically the Brown version of the Ford tuxedo black. And the Brown looks black at night, but in the day it looks like a really dark Brown Brown with gold flake in it. So I decided on the black and um, that came out great. And I was going to do, I wanted to do Detroit Steels because I, you know, I, I like the 60s Lincolns. And of course, I watch Mob Steel. Yep. And, um, and I was going to paint them black. And my wife, again, she's yep. like, no, no, that's too much black. Yep. I was like, well, what do you think? She was like, we're doing the same color as the interior. I love it. And so this friend of mine, Rick um, Scoggins, out in, he's in Snellville, Georgia. And he, he powder coater. And I took my wheels out of there and say, like, "Hey man, can you can you match this color?" And I took him a swatch. Yep. He was like, "Yeah, I think I got something like that." And I was like, "Can you put flake in it?" And he said, "Yeah." So easy. <laughs> um, yeah, easy. Yeah, it's <laughs> like done. So uh, it 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 just it worked out, and I'm I'm happy that that my better three four stepped in. Oh yeah, yeah. I grew up riding. My dad had a '59 Apache pickup, kind of a a truck that I remember I have photos before I was a year old kind of standing in front of it, and he did some work to it, and I always loved that truck, and he sold it in the early 90s, but there was a guy that had a red uh, 59-ish Apache step side, and he did the red wheels. It was kind of like, I think it was like a patina paint, I think, and then he did mm-hmm. the red wheels, and I always thought that was so awesome. Now, his were like a fire engine red, but they looked so good, and I want to give a shout-out to Detroit Steel Wheel Co., you know, most of us, you know, know it as like mob steel wheels. Um, but when they did that division of their, you know, organization, 
I love it because I tell you what, the, the wheels are so classy. You put those beauty rings on there and maybe a white wall tire like what you got. And, dude, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, putting some spices in, in, in a you know pot of spaghetti. You know, it's like it's fire now. You know what I mean? It's good. <laughs> it is uh, definitely garners a lot of attention. And, and people ask. Well, and, you know, it's 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 funny because I go to Caffeine Octane sometimes and or any car show. And if it's cloudy, you know, it's uh, But once the sun comes out and people see the, the flake in the wheel and the flake in the paint. And then it's like a light bulb goes off for them. It's like, wow, this is really nice. And and honestly, I, I've had the car done now for, gosh, I guess about eight eight years, and it's still, you know, I'm, I, it, it it still blows me away the number of people that just ooh and all over it, and I haven't never gotten used to it. Yeah, and I would tell people very similar into like the truck scene where, you know, the C10s like grew to this crazy, you know, level. And then, you know, everybody was always like, what's going to be the next thing? And, like, the Chevy OBS, the 88 to 98s are kind of referred to as, you mm-hmm. know, we all knew they were going to come back around. And now those have just exploded and blown up. I would encourage people. I, I love seeing these big boats, these land yachts, the 70s. And I do think, like, you can get these, to your point, you got a really good deal. But I see them. I see them out there. And I just go, man. And you'll see some of them that were probably in a garage forever. It was grandma, grandpa's car, you know, those type of scenarios. But when you start looking at the seat, like what's in Skaggs, and I mean, they are so plush. I mean, even stock, if you're going to static drop it or static drop it, you know, if you're going to uh, bag it or just even leave it stock. Like these cars, I think eventually in the next few years, they're going to come around and people are going to realize like, well, wow, I could do suicide doors like what, you know, Skip did. I could bag it. Mm-hmm. I could leave it stock, and they can really enjoy them, man. Yeah, I got. Well, the guy that started our our club, and he was actually friends with the the guy that started Suicide Slabs, and um, Psycho yeah. from Georgia. Yep. 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 And uh, he was like, man, he's you know, he's like these seventies. You know, they aren't getting any love, and 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 like you're saying, they're really reasonable, and you yes. can find them. You know, if you just put in a little bit of work, one that's you know. Most people would look at it as, oh, it's too far gone. And, and it's not, and the parts are, i give an example. When I first got mine, it, I had a hole in the fuel tank. It's like, oh, God, you know, where am I going to find a fuel tank for this? Napa? Yeah. The same fuel tank that went in, it went in an F-150 <laughs> or an F-100, you know, back in the day. Yeah. It's the same tank. And, and a lot of this stuff, I mean, it's it, because it's, they were parts bin cars. You know, outside of the body, everything else, you know, the engines, the transmissions, they're all parts men cars. So, you know, I had no problem finding a starter relay or, you know, alternators all day, you know, just whatever. Yeah. So you can still fix them. You can still fix them up, you know? Yeah. And I think Chris, I got to ask Teresa from Lincoln Land. I think Chris Dunn from Lincoln Land, I believe he helped. Uh, either build or put together or do some work on um, a couple of the cars that were in the American Gangster movie. So obviously, you know, that movie, you know, telling that crazy story of the, you know, the drug kingpin and stuff like that. But from that era, you know, they have to have, to your point, you know, some of the movie stuff, they have to have the the era uh, period correct vehicles. And of course, you know, the seventies was huge for all that, but yeah, I mean the gang Mm -hmm. from gangsters to grandmas and grandpas or whoever, I mean, these cars could still be gotten for a reasonable price, and, I, and you'd be blown away sometimes seeing them for, oh, 40,000 miles, you know, oh, all original, and you, you get in it, and it smells like a new car. It's crazy. Yeah, mine had 60,000 miles on it when I got it. 
Yeah. And the back seat, it, the only detriment to my car was that it had been sitting out in the weather for so long that, you know, the vinyl started to crack and stuff like that. So I did redo the, um, the, um, the seats in leather, but I kept the same design, you know, as far as the, um, the cushions and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you see them and it's, they can be had and, and just brought back to life, you know, and it's my, my only, I, I guess the sad part about the seventies Lincolns is that a lot of guys grab these cars and they, and they, I mean, derby racing is still a thing and yeah. you can't, you can't kill these big cars. Yeah. And so a lot of guys snatch them up for demolition derby. Yeah. And Cause they're just, that's the sad part. Yeah. They're, they're mastodons almost like we said earlier. And, and apparently it blows my mind that the sixties Lincoln's at point, And there's a guy out in California. I know he's had a lot of dealings with that where these guys will, you know, they buy him for that. And then, you know, they'll let him pick some parts off it and stuff. But it kind of blows my mind that the 60s Lincolns were apparently used for that for a certain extent. But, yeah, when you start getting into these things, I mean, these they're so big. And, um, you know, they're almost like what a lot of people have told me, you know, when the 60s Lincolns were like 10, 15 years old, you know, you start getting into the late 70s and they're hit, starting to hit about 15 years old, they were kind of like throwaway cars. You know, you could you could buy them for five $800, and it, a lot of that was because, you know, the gas prices, of course, you know, and things like that. But I do think, you know, the ones I've seen in person, they look cool and, you know, people can get them. So, but, you know, when I think about your 79, you know, we talked about you got rear suicide doors. You got the Smoothie Wheels, uh, Detroit Steel Wheel Co. Uh, it's bagged. You got some stereo in it. Uh, the interior looks fresh. Like you said, you kind of redid some of the seats. Is there anything next on it? Or do you go, hey, man. I'm very content and I want to like work on my bikes or you know, what's next for you. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I am chomping at the bit to put a 7.3 liter Godzilla in that car. Really? Yes. Now, if not in that, cause okay, my car, the 79s, um, if you look at the progression of the continentals, cause they, they kind of changed them up from, well, from the early seventies up until, 74 then you had 75 well 74 to 75 then 77 78 and 79 they were pretty much the body style that you see that looks like mine um and just little variations you know prior to to 70 77 yep yep um so in 77 you 460 just you know in, in all those cars the 70s cars all of them have 460 big blocks and then 78 you could 460 or you had an option to get no you get a 400 you had an option to get a 460 mm -hmm. 79 you can only get a 400 mm -hmm. so mine has a 400 and if you're a ford guy you know okay the 400 and the 460s basically it's the 400 is not a big block but it's not a small block either it's kind of that in-between bastard child mm -hmm. and um you could fit a c6, c6 transmission behind it but it's still and Two barrel carburetor, you know, it's just it's just anemic, basically. Yeah. And um so yeah, I'm I've been smitten by the Godzilla bug, man. It's um <laughs> So you would you know, you would do a motor swap but keep it more period correct, you know, not go, Oh, I'm gonna do a coyote or anything. Because, I mean, dude, those things have huge engine bays, so you, you could be able to take that thing out and then finesse in a new one, man, pretty quick. 
Yeah, and you know what's funny about the if you research the Godzillas, they they aren't that much different in size than a coyote. Well, actually, they're small. They're narrower than a coyote because a coyote got the you know dual overheads, but the Godzilla it's a it's a in block um, camshaft. So, you know, it's um it's a beast. It, it, yeah, yeah, and it'll pretty much fit into anything. Yep. So if if not if I don't do it to Claudine and that's name okay, <laughs> that's the name cool. of my Lincoln if I don't do it to Claudine. It'll be in my next link in which I, I really want to find another Continental cheap, cheap, and I want to cut the top off. I right, so you want to do a Roadster. Yeah. We had Detroit Deviant on. He's in the greater Orlando area. And I was looking back. It was ironic because I was looking back at photos today that he shared over the years in the Lincoln Forum. And, you know, he is a very highly skilled, like, this guy does some crazy stuff. And he has, like, a 6667. And he basically mm-hmm. made it a hard top, removable top. And if you go back and you look at some of his stuff, and he was doing a lot of stuff on YouTube, and I think he's kind of panned off a little bit. But, dude, like his car engine from an engineering standpoint is going to be like just insane. And he's been working on it a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's always interesting to me, people that want to take on an advantageous, you know, a big project like that. Because it's it's not easy, you know. But that's if that's something you want to do, man. By all means. Well, you know, these cars being body on frame, you know, as far as because you know, a lot of times people think, you know, can we cut the top off? You know, yep. you got to deal with flex and whatever, blah blah blah. And sure, there is some structural in that, but there were actually back in the seventies, there were companies that were that were cutting the tops off of two door and four door seventies mm-hmm. Lincolns, you know, and and um. I think they were using the um, the LTD convertible tops as you know part of the game. I mean, these were motorized convertible tops; they weren't just manual, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can cut the top off of them and not worry too much about the car just folding up on you. Yep. But um, actually, I've seen a couple that I'm kind of following now that the top's already been cut off, and I'm like, eh, you know what? I can get it for the right price. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I might do that. Yeah, finish it up and, and and throw the skag touch on it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got to. What's ironic is when I was researching some stuff from the seventies year or two ago, I came across some old scanned ads from you know Playboy magazine back in the day, like in the seventies, and there was that company. To your point, uh, I have it somewhere. It was a white Lincoln seventy style. It's called a seventy seven. And it had been converted, and there was a company slash you know a dealer. You know you could maybe work through the dealer to make it happen, but it um, it might have been even dealer warrantied. But they did you know the convertibles, and that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And I always, when I was younger, I always thought like, why aren't there more convertibles? And then as I got older, I kind of had read some stuff. I don't know all the back history, but it seemed like with the National Highway Transportation Safety Board, yep. whatever, and all that stuff. There was something that had happened from a safety standpoint, and then they go, and there was an immediate decline from the OEMs. Very maybe the next year, where it was like they made two hundred, you know. So the '60s era, uh, like, was quickly like gone. Now, granted, yeah, you can go buy a BMW, and you know, you can buy. My mother-in-law had a, a Jag. I think she has a Jag that's a little convertible, like a newer style one. So you can get mm-hmm. them. But, you know, keep me honest, it was something to do with the safety and the way things were going at that time. Yep, it was. And and some of the manuf- the, the U.S. manufacturers were afraid that they were going to ban convertibles in the U.S. Insane. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, and, and this is a time too where you start like in my like my car, I got these huge bumpers that sit way off from the grill, and they got the bumperettes on them because of the, all the highway safety stuff. The name. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the National Highway Traffic Safety, whatever. Yep. Yeah, and that's why we have all the ugly bumpers that stick way out, and and even the cars that were imported from Europe have all the big ugly rubber bumpers on them. Where you look at the European version, and they were just so sleek and cool looking, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is crazy to think, uh, you know, how things are kind of driven now. You know, I, I'm for safety in a lot of ways. I mean, if you think about what was ironic, the 65 Lincoln I acquired from Robert, it, you know, we're doing the research and, you know, it was like it was it was an option to have seat belts, right? I mean, especially in the back, but even like in the front. And, you mm-hmm. know, you think about safety and you go, yeah, you don't want people flying out. And, you know, then there's, you know, insurance drives a lot of things, right? Because then there's life insurance if someone passes away, unfortunately, and all that. But, you know, to your point, when you think of the styling, I think back and say, man, if if Lincoln could have somehow rolled out the con- the new Continental in a way that had the coach doors, you know, not with the special edition deal, the eighty, and they could have right. maybe even had a convertible some way, right? Do you think back twenty years ago, ish? Remember when the Chrysler three hundred C came out, and you talk about hip hop mm-hmm. videos and stuff? Everybody wanted one of those things. And you look at it now and you go, eh, it's all right. But it kind of had that boxy, that Bentley kind of look, right, that front end. Right. And that sold right. it, man. Imagine if Lincoln could have did that and had that buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember all the all the different artist renditions of what the Lincoln should look like <laughs> or floating around? It's like, oh, yeah. man, if they make it like this, great. Yeah. And and Detroit Deviant, believe it or not, he did um, one of my favorite ones. He did a cool little rendering, and man, I was like, "Wow, that's it, dude!" I mean, that's a convertible version like that that could have worked. Um, but you know, fifteen years before that, they had the the prototype, right? And it goes, it mm-hmm. makes its rounds, and people see it. And I have some of the photos saved as well. And apparently, a couple of those made it out, and people bought them, and they're in their personal collections. But the they just they weren't able to capture and then of course you know they they spent all the money retooling everything and rolling it out and then they're like oh you know within a year or two they're like we're not making them anymore you know the market shifted everybody wants suvs i'm thinking you know as well as i did they did all that research beforehand and they were hoping it was going to pop off but you know just at that price point and stuff uh, you know they're they're not going to attract um you know the younger buyers and and that's you know that's what's leading a lot of the stuff these days you know I, th- I think so too that Lincoln and I, you know, I, I grew up in Lincoln and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that like I drive sub- you talking about suburbans. I love suburbans. My oh, brother yeah. had one and we're, we're going to bag that thing. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, when it comes to the luxury cars, I'm more of a Lincoln than Cadillac kind of guy, but I think Lincoln really fell off on the, or they missed the boat on their marketing and, and they could take a, a lesson from Cadillac with what Cadillac did when they brought out the CTSs and, you know, okay, we got a sport touring car, you know, you have all the luxury, but it's going to haul ass, you know, and, and you're going to be able to keep up with people on the Autobahn. You, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. And, and a rebadged Taurus ain't going to do it, you yeah. know, and it's, um, now don't get me wrong. I think they broke the mold when, when Lincoln came out with the, with the navigator, even though it was an expedition, but sure, sure. you know, they, they started the market of the luxury SUVs. But when it comes to the cars, I think they just kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah, they did. And I do think, to your point, I mean, we could we could definitely slice and dice it and go, 
the consumer market definitely drives you know that you know because you got people that go you know do I want to spend eighty grand on one of these you know whatever but but to your point I think they still could have did it in a way that people were just like wow man it has suicide doors like you know maybe mm-hmm. you know you could if they could have went in day one and bought one and go hey you know it's an extra three grand or whatever and you can have it elongated all that but um yeah we'll have to see what holds uh for the future one of the things i did mention i was looking back at some of my posts i did find um it was bet for the 70s lincolns i had posted this is going back god 2019 and it says did you know a dealer ad appeared in playboy mag in 1977 uh, Fox Valley Lincoln Mercury had the exclusive dealer uh, distributorship of these Lincoln convertibles per Matt, the Lincoln guy's blog, kind of went into this whole big thing and, you know, uni classic cars. Uh, there were just a, double, mm-hmm. a couple of resources that I had found out there, but you basically see um, there was an ad literally that was Fox Valley Lincoln Mercury in uh, Aurora, Illinois, and uh, the ad was classic, sporty, and rare, and it kind of had a little bunny kind of deal, it looked like, uh, or a gator uh, as the logo. But, yeah, I mean, you had a 70s Lincoln that, that was a convertible, and, yeah, you know, they're mm-hmm. pretty cool. And you could get the coupe or the sedan or, yes. or the Continental. Yeah. Yeah. And they looked ugly as sin with the top up and down. <laughs> <laughs> top down. They, but, and, you know, that's kind of one thing with the 60s Lincoln. They, they look good with the top up, you know. But, yeah. They look better with the top down, of course, because sure. it's all hidden away. But but the seventies cars, yeah, they look great because they're just so long and you know just a, a nod to the sixties Lincolns. Yeah, but yeah, with the top up, they were ugly as sand. <laughs> well said. Well, dude, Skip Skag, man, it's been cool. Like we talked about all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, you know where you kind of grew up in the Georgia area. You know, obviously the Lincoln connection, but some of the other stuff that you and I share common interests with some of the hip hop and I love, um, you know, checking out your, your channel. And I would encourage people skags with an apostrophe S S K a G G S garage. There's a video on there, how this car makes money. You know, that was one he did a couple months ago, eight tips for putting your car out there and things like that, man. Is there anything else that you would want to share or anything that we maybe missed skip? Um, no, I appreciate you having me on and you can find skags with or without the apostrophe. Okay, cool. Uh, Cause, cause my wife's a guru. <laughs> yeah. 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 She put those little hashtag and keywords and we would also, um, want to reinforce that when you go to the channel, you can click on, I'm looking at it now, shop skags. And when you click on that, it takes you over to the creative bubble site and you can pick up cool things like, um, t-shirts and, uh, different mugs, the evil Abe custom tumbler. I'm thinking about getting me one of those. So you Dude, got a lot of cool that's... stuff going on, man. Everybody looked. When my wife did Evil A, I was like, "Put that on my wall." Yeah, I want a shirt. I want. I want a and when I go to shows, dude, when I go to shows, people look it's like, "Where'd you get that shirt?" And I mean, it's just so I, you know, because I don't. A lot of people don't even know that Lincoln is named after Abraham Lincoln. You know, the Lincoln Motor Car. And uh, trust me, I'm taking a whole bunch of those to Detroit when I go. Are Are you going to the 100 year? I don't know that I'm going to go. I, what, what? I'll be honest. I know that they've done some things throughout the throughout the country, like some different things. But when is the event mm-hmm. you're going to? It's in August. Is August, it? I think. Yeah, it's in okay. August. So it'll and be kind of maybe like... tied up to the Woodward Dream Cruise because I know Mob Steel's maybe posted about some stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. and you know, normally I I drive my car. I drive it. I mean, my wife's from North Carolina. We go to North Carolina. We go all over Georgia. It's been to Florida. 
Um, but I think I'm going to trailer it up there because the roads are just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there. I went to the Woodward Dream Cruise years ago when we went up to Indianapolis for Indy Truck Bash, and then we, we kind of went to Woodward first, and I didn't get to experience it all. But, man, that would be cool. And, I, and I'll have to look it up. I don't want to say for sure, but I do think I've seen Mob Steel uh, comment about that. And that would be mm-hmm. super cool, man. I, I'm glad to see, you know, although we took, I take my fair share little digs at, at Lincoln. I do, I do appreciate them embracing with some of the little videos they've released and some of the throwback photos. I, I really appreciate them for that. Yeah, but that's, um, it's kind of what I'm doing this summer, you know, and I, I, like I said, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Ask, ask your wife, Michelle, I, you know, I'm a sticker junkie, like a lot of the, I'm sure the listeners, and I'd love to buy some of those stickers if they were available. Um, so, uh, you know, if they're, if they're out there and I'm missing them, let me know. But man, if you guys did the, uh, evil Abe sticker, dude, sign me up. I'll buy a sticker pack for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> I will do it. I'll do it. Good stuff. And, uh, trying to, trying to keep the seventies Lincolns, put it, you know, put them at the head of the game, you know, trying to beat, beat out the sixties Lincoln guys. So <laughs> yeah, for it'll sure. never happen, but you know, I can dream. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And go check out some of his recent videos. You know, AccuAir, we partner with them over on Our Lifestyle Podcast. I'm a big supporter of their their brand. You know, he's been going through kind of some things, fine-tuning stuff. So go check out some of his videos, and you'll get a chance to see the world of Skag. And, uh, dude, thank you so much, man. Um, and I can't wait to link up, maybe if it's at uh, Coffee and Octane or maybe even at this other event up in August. Looking forward to, uh, to getting a chance to meet you in person, dude. But keep doing what you do. Ride low, man. And, uh and to keep living that Lincoln life. Will do. Thank you, man. Can't wait to shake your hand. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. 